Amen. Well, as you know, this uh, month, our theme is on the names of God. All right, so this morning, I want to talk about the name of God, Jehovah Rapha. And we want to use Exodus 15 as our main text. I won't read all of it. I'll only read a few verses from verse 22 to verse 26. We read from the New Century Version. Exodus 15, verse 22 to 26. Moses led the Israelites away from the Red Sea into the desert of Shur. They traveled for three days in the desert, but found no water. Then they came to Marah, where there was no water, but they could not drink it, where there was water, rather, but they could not drink it because it was too bitter. That is why the place was called Marah. The people grumbled to Moses and asked, what will we drink? So Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When Moses threw the tree into the water, the water became good to drink. There the Lord gave the people a rule and a law to live by, and there he tested their loyalty to him. Verse 26, he said, you must obey the Lord your God and do what he says is right. If you obey all his commands and keep his rules, I will not bring on you any of the sicknesses I brought on the Egyptians. I am the Lord who heals you. That last part and last part of the verse in the King James Version, it says, for I am the Lord that healeth thee. Now, this passage, I believe it's a very, very important passage in the Bible, as you are all aware, the children of Israel had just come out of Egypt. They really didn't know who God was. They didn't know his character. They didn't know his acts. And as they journeyed and experienced different things, God would reveal himself to them and reveal different sides of who he was. So this scripture, I believe, is the fountainhead revelation, I think, of one of the greatest aspects of God's nature. Very often when people talk about God, even we as believers, when we believe in God, one of the things we don't do well is to understand God's nature. And we really know that God is powerful. We know all the things about God, but we misunderstand his nature. So I want us to use this story of the children of Israel to see how God gave them a new revelation about who he was. They had just come out of Egypt, as I said. To us, that can represent us coming into salvation or coming out of whatever it is where God delivered us. Then they passed through the Red Sea. 1 Corinthians 10, 2 says our Red Sea is when we get baptized. So clearly this is a sign of a people who have experienced and encountered the power of God. But then, very often, after we've experienced God and had an encounter with God, something often happens in our lives. In their case, they had traveled for a long time. And for three long days, traveling in hot weather, hot days, without one drop of water to quench their thirst. 
We are told when we read the Bible, there were about two to three million people in number. And so here they are, they're all thirsty. Finally, when they found a source of water to drink, the water was bitter. It was blackish, salty water. They couldn't drink. And because it was in this condition, they were all afraid that they would soon die. Their throats were dry. They were parched already. Fear gripped them. They thought about themselves. Instead of trusting God, they murmured against Moses. They come up to their pastor and say, Pastor Moses, what are you doing? You've brought us this far, you and your God, but you are not providing for us. Three long days. We haven't seen God do anything. It's amazing that these are the very people who had been delivered by God through signs and wonders. They had seen some of the greatest things and some of the greatest interventions that God had brought in their lives. You know, when you compare what God had done previously as compared to the crisis they were in, there was no comparison. I mean, God brought them through the Red Sea. God brought them out of the hand of Pharaoh with a mighty hand. But here they are now facing a small problem and somehow their faith is failing them. Sometimes this is what happens in our lives. Even when God has done great and mighty things, we come up against a small problem and all of a sudden we forget what God has done. And the reason we forget what God has done is because we really don't understand God's nature. We don't understand that when we get into trouble, God is fully aware of what is happening. Can I hear an amen? amen. So as God's people, we also come to our dry places where there's no water. It might not be water in the literal sense. But we come to those places where we need to have those bitter things in our lives sorted out by God. We go through experiences that leave a bitter taste in our mouth. We come up to things that come instantaneously upon us and we were not expecting them. But the question is, can we really trust that God can be able to turn our, our fortunes around? You know, God's presence that is with us and his grace that is with us is what makes all the difference in the world. The psalmist says in Psalm 16 verse 11, in his presence is fullness of joy. And at his right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. In other words, if as long as God is present with us, it doesn't matter what it is that we are going into, God will always be able to see us through. And so at the dry places, this is where God reveals to the children of Israel his real character. He reveals, number one, that he is a God of love because he's on our side. He is aware that we're going through this trouble. He longs to restore us to our status. He doesn't wish to harm us. He doesn't want situations to harm us. Secondly, he's a God who really is there to say, can you really call on me? Do you still believe that I can take you through this problem? In other words, God wants to show us that no matter what it is that we come through, he is still there to turn our fortunes around. God wants us, therefore, even as we go through life, he doesn't want to take us out of problems. He wants to take us through problems. When we walk in the valley of the shadow of death, what makes us strong is to know that God is with us. When we know that his rod and his staff will comfort us. When we know that surely goodness and mercy will follow us all the days of our lives. And God is the one who says he's going to bring this deliverance. And so God reveals to the children of Israel in this instance 
that he can bring healing. He tells Moses to take a, a bark of a tree, throw it into the water, and when the waters became sweet, God uses that to show them that he is a God who heals. It's very interesting that this word healeth, when it says, I am the Lord that healeth thee, Exodus 15, 26. That word healeth is the word R-A-P-H-A in the Old Testament, in Hebrew. And it appears 58 times in the Old Testament. Very interesting. It's also translated physician. In fact, the root word of the word healeth is the same root word as the word physician. So when God came to the children of Israel, he was revealing to them his nature as a God who heals. He reveals his nature as a God who is a physician. Let me give you some of the, some of the words where that, the word a physician was used. In Genesis chapter 50 verse 2, it says, And Joseph commanded his servants, the physicians, to embalm his father. And the physicians embalmed his father. It is that same word, the word Rapha. We see that same word as well. If you are writing down, you can check these scriptures later on. We see it as well in Second Chronicles 16 verse 2. We see that same word in John chapter 13 verse 4. We see that word again in Jeremiah 8 22. Again and again, God reveals himself as the physician. He's saying to them, I am the Lord, your physician. That's the most trustworthy translation. So God is saying, I'm a physician by nature. God is saying, note, I want to heal you. I intend to heal you. God is saying, I'm aware that sickness can come your way. And I'm aware that when sickness comes your way, you want to be healed. And I want you to know that I am the Lord, your physician. You see, God is aware that you and I are not just spirit beings. God knows we are spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. And so when God saves us, he saves us in totality. That is why when you read in the Bible, Jesus, when he talked to people about their faith saving them, he talks about their faith saving them in all areas of life. As Christians, we know, our spirits are saved by receiving Christ as Savior and Lord. When you have received Christ as Savior and Lord, you know you become a child of God. And if you were to die, we know we are going to go to heaven. But that's not all that God is concerned about. God is concerned about your physical well-being. God is concerned about your relational well-being. God is concerned about your financial well-being. Look at your neighbor who's not saying amen and say, oh, you think God is not concerned at all about you? And so the word saved, therefore, in the Bible is not only confined to our spiritual life. In fact, the Greek word sozo that we read about in the Bible in the New Testament talks about the totality of our lives. And we see Jesus again and again going to people, bringing about sozo, healing, salvation, freedom. And Jesus would tell people, your faith has healed you, as we see in Luke chapter 18, verse 42. And so even Jesus went around as the great physician. Christ went around healing people. In fact, when we read the Bible, we are told in the book of Isaiah that when Jesus would finally die on the cross, not only would he die for our sins, 
but it would also die that we should be healed, for by his stripes we have been made whole. And so Jesus' healing, Jesus' death on the cross is meant to purchase for us the fullness of this sozo. Not only does God want you to go to heaven, God wants you to be healed in your body. God wants you to have good relationships. God wants you to be taken care of well financially. Our mistake is when we try to put earthly things above our spiritual life. God doesn't want us to put money above our spiritual lives. Nor does he want us to put our health above our going to heaven. But God is definitely interested in us being made whole. Can I hear an amen? Can I hear an amen? Very interesting that he says, I am the Lord that healeth thee. Literally in the Hebrew it reads, I am Jehovah Rapha. Let me remind you of the things that we have said uh, uh, when we started in this teaching in this uh, series that we are doing. We said that the names of God that we read about in the Bible, all of them reveal God's nature. They reveal who God is. These names act to us as a roadmap where we learn about God's nature and we learn about God's true character. Each of the very many names of God designate or show us the different aspects of God. Or they show us the many faceted character of God. See, when I'm looking at you, you are not only, you are so many things, you know. You, 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 you are a man, you are a woman, you, you could be a mother, a father, a teacher, a scholar, a, a politician, uh, a community worker. There are so many sides to you. Right now what I see is a congregant. All right, right now we are just in church. We're sitting, yeah, but you know, even if, uh, even if you're sitting here as a congregant, you are so many things in your life. The same thing with God. God is this many faceted God. And so his names reveal to us who he is. In fact, there are names that we call the redemptive names, where the name Jehovah is used. And these redemptive names. They are God's own personal distinct names. They are, God, they are linked somehow to the need of mankind. This is what God is saying. I want you to see that as God, I'm not a God who is aloof. I'm a God who is aware of your needs. I'm a God who is there and is very aware of what you're going through. And I want you to realize that I'm a God who gets involved with your problem. I want you to see that side of me when I get involved with your challenge. These names not only reveal God's character, they reveal God's attitude towards us. Very often people misunderstand God's attitude. As a matter of fact, not many people would disagree with you if you were to ask them, can God? Everybody says, I know God can. Not many people doubt God's ability. Most people know that God can. What they're not sure of is, can God do it for me? What they doubt is his willingness to use his power for them. And that shows that they don't understand his character. See, when you understand somebody's character, you know, that, you know what they would do even if you were not there. You can vouch for them. If they say so-and-so was saying this about you, if you know the person's character, you say you are lying. So-and-so would never do that. But very often people don't understand God's character and so we blame God for the many things that we think he did because we don't understand his character. 
These redemptive names, actually, when you look at them in Scripture, they have never used in Scripture except where God is dealing with mankind. In other words, when it comes to his dealing with mankind, he comes through as a God who redeems. And these names, they demonstrate to us that not only is God concerned about us, but God has actually made a covenant with us. God has made a promise that will not be broken. God is saying, I am not a man to lie. I am not a son of man to change my mind. I'm not going to change my mind tomorrow. If I say I am a God who heals, I will heal you. No matter what happens, I will heal you. I will heal you in 2018. I will heal you in 2020. I will heal you even in many, many, many years to come. I'll heal you no matter what age you are, no matter where you live, no matter where you stay. It doesn't matter the color of your skin. I will heal you. God says, I will heal you whether you are a believer or not a believer. I will heal you because that is my nature. Can I hear an amen? amen. So God's covenantal name, therefore, this name, Jehovah Rapha, should become a basis for our faith. It's a name that links us and describes to us God's essential being. And that our God possesses healing. Our God is a physician. You know, we rave about different kinds of physicians. But I'm here to tell you there's a physician above all other physicians. And his name is Jehovah God. This nature is confirmed in the Old Testament, as I said. And in the larger part of the ministry of Christ, where we see Jesus healing all kinds of conditions. People after people after people, Jesus healed them. In fact, when you read in the New Testament, Jesus never turned away a single person who asked for healing. Not one. And I don't know where we get that notion that God would say no to us. I want to go back to what I said. Oftentimes, we don't doubt his power, we doubt his, we doubt his willingness. And God wants to heal us. And not only do we see God healing people in the Old Testament and the New Testament, we see him giving us many promises that he would heal us. And all these promises and all these historical occurrences should act as a firm basis. Because, you see, we don't build our faith on how we feel. We build our faith on God's word. We build our faith on what we see in the scripture, what God has revealed in terms of his character. Can I hear an amen? amen. And so in Exodus 15, 26, we see number one, a revelation of God's character. He's a physician. His character is to come close to us in our sickness. As I'm saying this, I'd love for you to know today, at the end of this sermon, I'm going to take time to pray for you. Pray with you. Now I know, unfortunately, very often these kinds of things are abused. And I found myself sometimes falling into that trap to say because these things are abused where people come up with all the fake things and using all of this, whatever, we end up saying, no, I don't want to be a part of that. Certainly we shouldn't be a part of that. But what we cannot do is to walk away from the reality that our God is a healer. Remember, with all the advancement in medical science today, there are still conditions that medical science cannot cure. But I'm here to tell you that God is the greatest physician of them all. He's able to touch people's lives. He's able to heal people's bodies. I see God healing you today in the name of Jesus. And so Jehovah Rapha tells, gives us a revelation of God's character. 
Secondly, that Jehovah Rapha gives us a promise. A promise that God will intervene in our suffering. It's a promise. God didn't say sickness will not come our way. God never promised us a life that is, full, that is free of problems and challenges. But he's giving us a promise that in our suffering he'll be there. That name Jehovah Rapha, thirdly, gives us a pledge from God. A pledge to be the God of health to us. But he says, here's the condition. You need to learn to obey my word. You need to learn to obey my word. Now let me go through some things with you. Show you many cases. And the reason I want to go through these cases is that I want you to see yourself in these people there. Because in the Old Testament, there are many people who got healed. You see, healing didn't start with Jesus. It started way back in the Old Testament. Because that's God's nature in the first place. He is Jehovah Rapha. Number one. Number four. I'm talking about the different healings. So it's a, okay, let me say A. A, you will go to B. All right. We see in Genesis 16, please allow me, I'm not going to open this. Sarah being healed by God. She was barren and God healed Sarah and she was able to conceive and have a child. The same thing, B. So as I go, you go to C. I won't say B, I won't say C. B, we see Rebecca as well being healed in the same way in Genesis 25, 21. Please, you'll read this, those at home. Genesis 25. Are they able to show us those scriptures at the back? I don't know. I've, I've given them too many verses. Okay. It says, And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Give us an easier translation. This entreat of King James Version, we don't understand. Just give us another translation, please. Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered him, and Rebekah, his wife, conceived. Can I hear an amen? amen? See, we see Rachel being healed by God. Genesis 29, 31. She was also healed. Now the Lord saw that Leah was unloved, and he opened her womb, but Rachel was barren. And as it goes on, as you read into chapter 30, verse 1, then God touched Rachel. D, Samson's mother. These are eight, eight women who were healed of barrenness. Sarah, Rebecca, Rachel, Samson's mother. Samson's mother, Judges 13, verse 3, if you can have the scripture there. Then the angel of the Lord appeared to the woman and said, Behold, now you are barren and have not bought born no children, but you shall conceive and give birth to a son. Can I hear an amen, Bazaran? What about the Shunammite woman? In 2 Kings 4, from verse 1. I'm not going to read it, it's a long story, but the Shunammite woman as well. And what about, finally, Elizabeth? Now, you know, when I was reading this, it's quite interesting, you know. I don't know if you are aware that when Jesus ministered, I don't know how to say this. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, in our Bibles, they are, they, they are actually classified as the New Testament. 
How? It, 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 it's, uh, I mean, you, it's true. You can say amen to that. You, you can't. You can. Am I right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. If you look at your Bible, if you have one, I don't know if you have an iPad, whatever, but if you look at your Bible, whatever, they are in the New Testament. That's not a tricky question. Is it right? Is it, is it right? Is, is it right? It's right. There's, no, there's no special revelation. It's just a yes or no kind of answer. Now, 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 and I see some theologians are beginning to sit up in their chairs. Now, 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 technically speaking, strictly speaking, strictly speaking, those books should not be in the New Testament. Because the, the New Testament, the New Testament began after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. I see this theologian doesn't want to say anything yet. The new covenant, the new covenant that God had promised really came after the death, burial, and resurrection. In fact, the, 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 new, the new Testament should start with the book of Acts. Everything that Jesus did in the New Testament, he was using Old Testament principles. The new, the new, the new Testament had and so, so, so when we read about Elizabeth, she's one of the women who got healed of barrenness in the Old Testament. Are you there? Okay, I can see some of you will get it next week. It's fine. If you get it next week, it's all right. Just look at your neighbor and say, it's fine. Or lay hands on them and say, we just pray for you. The Lord use you. But then still in the Old Testament, we see three lepers healed. People with leprosy. Number one, Moses. You remember in, in Exodus 4, when, he was, when God was demonstrating to him the miracles he's going to do in Egypt. He got leprosy and the leprosy was healed. What about Miriam in Numbers chapter 12, verse 13? Her leprosy was healed. What about Naaman the Syrian? He was not even an Israelite. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 10. And we see them healed. We see also people being raised from the dead. In 1 Kings 17, 22, Elijah raised a child from the dead. In 2 Kings 4.35, Elisha raised a child from the dead. In 2 Kings chapter 13, verse 21, the guy who was thrown into Elisha's tomb rose from the dead. But there's also various healings. In 1 Kings 13, we see Jeroboam's hand being healed. Now, very times when we talk about Job, you know, many people when they talk about Job and they say, I am Job. I'm suffering like Job. I'm sick like Job. Satan is attacking me like Job. But they only stop with the attack. Read the end of the book. Read the story to the end. You, you, you can't start just with the opening parts of the book of Job. Read to the end. Job, God restored to Job everything that he had lost. And we read in Job 42, verse 10 to verse 12, Job was healed by God. So if you think you are Job, my dear friend, you better get healed because if you have not yet gotten healed, you haven't finished the story yet. Look at the Job next to you and say, Job, you also need to get healed just in case. He is Jehovah Rapha. I said he is God, our physician. 
We see David being healed in Psalms 30, verse 2 and 3. We see Hezekiah being healed in Isaiah 32, verse 21. But then we see mass healings taking place. Abimelech and the whole family in Genesis 20, 17. We see in Numbers 21, the children of Israel being healed by a mass from snake bites. Hey! In Numbers 16, we see the plague being stopped. We see also under David's reign, the plague being stopped in 2 Samuel 24, verse 25. Also, we see a whole army of Syrians that was stricken blind, being healed by God in 2 Kings 6. And then we see under Hezekiah's reign, mass healings taking place. In 2 Chronicles 30, 20. And again and again, we see all these people being healed. Not only were they healed, there's scripture after scripture in the Old Testament where God talks about healing. Exodus 23, 25. Worship the Lord your God and his blessings will be on your food and your water and I will take away sickness from among you. Deuteronomy 7.15 And the Lord will take away from you all sickness and will afflict you with none of the terrible diseases of Egypt which you have known, but will lay them on all those who hate you. Psalms 41 verse 3 The Lord will sustain him on his sick bed and restore him from his bed of illness. Psalms 10.3 Who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. He had started by saying, bless the Lord, oh my soul, and, and forget not his benefits. What are the Lord's benefits? The Lord's benefits is to bring healing to you. He is Jehovah Rapha. Yeah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Psalms 107, verse 20. He sent his word and healed them. And delivered them from their destructions. I'm reading this scripture so that faith can rise in your hearts. I'm reading the scriptures for you to know God that is the God who healeth thee. He is God, your redeemer, who wants to bring healing to your body. Whatever your condition is, we see people being healed of blindness. We see lepers being healed, people being raised from the dead. All kinds of healings taking place. There is no condition that God cannot heal. It doesn't matter how many years you have been sick. It doesn't matter how many days the doctors have given you to live. There's a God in heaven who is Jehovah Rapha and he wants to touch your body today. Can I hear an amen in the house? Hallelujah. Proverbs 4, verse 20 and 22. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ears unto my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. Verse 22. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. My goodness. I don't know how many of you realize that word health in the original can be translated medicine. Actually, it's literally medicine. God says my word is medicine medicine. You know when you take medicine they say take it three times a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Take it three times a day. If it's antibiotics they say finish the course. Yeah, yeah. In other words, the healing becomes manifested because there's enough saturation of those antibiotics in your body that they kick out the sickness. Let the word of God saturate in your heart until it kicks out the sickness and the disease in your life. Can I hear an amen in the house? For their life to those who find them. 
and health to all their flesh. Isaiah 53 verse 4 and 5. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement that brings us peace was upon him. And with his stripes we are healed. Oh, hallelujah. When you look at the ministry of Jesus Christ, Bible scholars say this. He spent 20% of his time ministering to the sick. 20% of his time. In Matthew 4.23, he says he was healing every disease and every sickness among the people. Matthew 9.35, he was healing every disease and sickness among the people. Matthew 12, 15, he healed all who were sick. Aware of this, Jesus withdrew from the place. A large crowd followed him, and he healed all who were ill. Wow. Matthew 14, 14. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd, he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. And so I don't understand when we preach a gospel that doesn't talk about healing, where do we get it from? I mean, Jesus did it so much. It was so glaring. He took time to do it. He didn't dismiss it. It didn't happen by coincidence. It wasn't an afterthought. It was an integral part of what he did. Even when he sent the disciples, he said, go and preach. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. This is what we must hear. He says, freely you have received. We can't charge for it. We shouldn't charge for it. People mustn't pay us money for it. People mustn't worship us for it. Freely we have received, freely we give. Oh, Jesus. Verse 34 of Mark, of Matthew 14, verse 34 to 36. And when they, he had crossed over, they landed at Genesareth. Keep going, please. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to all the surrounding country. Why? People brought all their sick to him and begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. See, when people are desperate, they'll go for help. Yes. Here they went to Jesus. They should come to our churches. Not because we heal. We can't heal anybody. But we talk about a God who heals and a Jesus who heals. Yeah. They went. He didn't turn them away. No. He healed them. You see, because I'm, you know, maybe some of us, we haven't been sick. You haven't been very sick. Yeah. Maybe all you know is just flu and cold and headaches. I tell you. A few years ago, when I was diagnosed with a condition, thankfully it wasn't that bad, but initially when I went in, I thought I had cancer. And as I went through the different tests, and then when the doctors come to you with that serious look. <laughs> I, I, I know, I mean, he, he hasn't said it, it's just a short time, he had this serious look on him. And then when they say we have good news and bad news, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know just for that short time. 
And they said, look, we'll, 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 you know, before he told me the bad news, the good news, whatever, they did the test. They said, we'll check you. It could be this. It could be this. And I remember going home, and I'm a pastor, and I'm a Christian. I mean, I know to be absent from the bodies, to be present with the Lord. <laughs> but I didn't want to be absent yet. I wanted to be present. But I remember just for a short time thinking about death. Yeah, you see, there's not even one amen in the house. <laughs> you know, we all want to go to heaven as Christians, right? Yeah. The only way to go there is to die. <laughs> well, well, unless, unless, unless God translates you like he did the other people, but most people who went to heaven, it was through death. But I remember, actually, I've had two incidents in my life where, with my health that were, were quite serious. The one time I went, I had just come from a function and, and I wasn't feeling well at all. And I asked Nagnalenta Demkont, and I asked him to drive me straight to hospital. There's something wrong with my heart. Seriously wrong. They put me in the ICU. Yeah. I'm only telling you in hindsight. <laughs> but you know, when you're thinking about dying, or when the doctors say we can treat the condition, with time, you'll expire. I'm even being nice when I say you'll expire. You'll die. <laughs> There's been times when we've prayed for people who've been given a few months to live, a few weeks to live. In fact, I found out that's why oftentimes people don't want to go and check their HIV AIDS status. They'd rather not know that they are dying. <laughs> when people are brought and they bring children who have liver conditions I remember the, a friend of mine whose daughter had a liver transplant at the, she was fairly young, two years old I think she was and I don't know how many of you know with, with liver transplants the children who have had liver transplants Generally speaking, in medical science, unless God intervenes miraculously, not many of them ever live beyond their teenage years. It's known in medical science. And if they ever get a transplant in their teens, it has to be a, a, an exact match. And uh, I don't want to go into the details. But I remember, after the doctors had said whatever, going in to talk to this girl, 11 years old child, and I knew she only had a few days to live. Yeah. That's when you want to know God as a God who heals. Yeah. Yeah. It's, easy. it's easy when you've never gone through this to just dismiss and say this healing thing, they're just wasting their time praying for people. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you've never been there. You've never been there. Thank God there are those who have seen God healing. Some didn't get healed. Some didn't get healed. But thank God for those who got healed. And even if those who didn't get healed, at least we prepared them to go. We prepared them for heaven. But he's the Lord that healeth thee. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever had to, particularly most of the times in, in our culture where People want to have their own children. 
And you have this couple that just cannot have children. They've got everything, but... And it's very sad sometimes the woman comes under fire. Sometimes it's the man. It's firing blanks. Yeah. If you don't know what that means, ask your neighbor. <laughs> I can see some of you are suspicious that I'm going to pray a certain kind of prayer. Nah, I'm not going that way. But what a joy it's been for us to see people conceive in spite of the, the, the report of the doctors that you can't have children, you. Why? He's Jehovah Rapha. Come on, let's rejoice today. He's Jehovah Rapha. The God who heals us. In Matthew 14, verse 34, listen what it says. Matthew 14, 34. When they had crossed over, they landed in Genazareth. Keep going. And when the men of that place recognized Jesus, they sent word to the surrounding country. People brought all their sick to him. Verse 36. And begged him to let the sick just touch the edge of his cloak. And all who touched it were healed. Can I hear an amen? amen. Can I hear an amen? amen? In Matthew 10, verse 7, Jesus gives a command. He says he commanded his servants, as you go, preach this message. The kingdom of heaven is near. The word kingdom speaks of God's rule. The rule of God is here. In short, he's saying, when God comes, when God rules, when God is there, when God visits, this is what he does. Because see, wherever you go, you take your nature with you. Wherever you go. It says the kingdom of heaven is near. Look what it says. It says, Heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Mark chapter 16. He said to them, go ye into all the world. This is a command he's giving us. And preach the gospel. Do what? Preach the I say it again. Do what? I can't hear you. Do what? Say it again. Do what? To how many people? Yeah. Verse 16. Let's go. It says, He that believes and is baptized shall be saved. He that believeth not shall be damned. Verse 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name. Let's read. In my name they will do what? Keep reading. They shall speak with? Keep going. It says, They shall do what? And if they drink any deadly thing? And then... They shall do what? They shall do what? Lay hands on the sick. And what will happen? The sick shall recover. Yeah. So, you know, God is showing us that. Listen to this, Pastor. Healing is part and parcel of the gospel. Meaning this. The gospel preached in its completeness cannot exclude healing. Because even in Isaiah, when Jesus died, not only did he die for our sins, he also died for our healing as well. 
His blood flowed for us. For the forgiveness of sins. But his body was broken for us. That we might be healed. So let's conclude. So next time when you pray for healing. Do it with revelation from God's word. Do it with a spirit of expectancy. Because your God, your daddy happens to be the greatest physician of them all. He's a better doctor than all doctors put together. Number two, when you pray next time, know that it is God's will to heal you. So stop saying, if you will, you can heal me. God wants to heal you. In fact, he says in 3 John 2, Beloved, I wish above all things that you may prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospered. In fact, Jesus healed all who came to him. And so, as I said earlier, I'm not going to try and embarrass anybody. No, I'm not going to try and make a claim of anything. The only claim I'll make is that God is a healer. And that God is interested in healing your body. And whatever it is that has gone wrong with your body, God wants to touch you and heal you right where you are. Some of you had already given up faith on that. You'd already thrown in the towel, believing that it will not happen. Whether you've got an incurable disease, doesn't matter what it is, whether it's a case of not being able to have children, issues with your eyes, your ears, wherever you are today, I'm going to take time to pray with you. You know why? You know why I have the confidence? It's because God always confirms his word with signs following. One translation says he confirms his word with attesting miracles. We stood today and showed you from God's word. If you didn't know it before, you know it now. If you didn't believe it then, I hope you believe it now. That not only can, God can heal, but God is willing to heal you. That not only is God healing everybody, God is aware of you wherever you are. That's why we sing that song in the book of Exodus. I am the Lord that healeth thee. When we sing it, we're making a declaration from Exodus 15. We declare, he's a God that healeth us. He sends his word and takes away our diseases. He's the Lord that heals us. Exodus 15, 26. As we sing that song, believe it. Believe what the word of God says. And whatever it is that is wrong with you, we're going to pray today and bring it before the Lord. Would you raise your hands today as we worship the Lord together? Thank you, Lord Jesus. I am the